What's up guys? I'm your host Dan Frazier, and welcome back to another chilling yet informative episode of The Monster Cast. Imagine you and your best friend are up in the mountains, surrounded by nothing but freezing weather, knee-deep snow, and dense forest for miles without a supply depot to replenish your depleted rations. After over a day goes by without food, your hunger is now ravenous, and before you know it, a strange desire flows through you, almost another consciousness, persuading you to believe that eating your best friend is the only way to quench your starving stomach. This possessive feeling is just the beginning of the transformation you will go through, courtesy of this week's monster. The Wendigo. The legend of the Wendigo spirit spread somewhere around the early 1800s among different cultures within the Algonquin speaking native tribes in Canada and northern states of the US. It was known by them as the spirit of lonely places. The Wendigo was used as an explanation by tribesmen for people who had gone missing and to discourage people from resorting to cannibalism during times of famine. To further reinforce the taboo, a ceremonial dance would be performed at Lake Wendigo in Minnesota in such times. The physical form is described as a malevolent, cannibalistic being with supernatural speed and strength, completely immune to the harsh climate, which can mimic human voices and lure people into the wilderness. The spirit form was said to possess and eventually transform anyone alone in the harsh weather into a cannibalizing monster. A novella titled The Wendigo by Algernon Blackwood really helped introduce the monster to the world and influenced the more modern interpretation of it. The novella describes the creature as a beast with an odor of death, which lingers in the air around it. After hearing something roaming outside of the tent one night, one of four campers leaves to investigate. The icy monster captures the man, however, drags him through the snow, and takes his form, leaving him for dead in the snowfall, delirious and frostbitten. Eventually the other men find him after he has returned to base camp, but he dies shortly after. According to the original legend, when a person had been transformed, they appeared impossibly thin, with sunken eyes. The skin took on the smell of decomposition and death. And based on different lore, they could become giant in height, grow long fangs and nails, or sprout fur. The person also becomes unable to dampen their hunger, remaining starved even moments after consumption. There seem to be a variety of ways to become possessed by the spirit. The first being that you succumb to cannibalism, another being if you happen to be a person overpowered by greed. You could also be cursed by a shaman or dream of it, even turn from being in contact with another one for too long. As the terror of this legend grew, anyone who had ever tasted human flesh or showed extensive signs of greed or jealousy were tainted. Wendigo Slayers for Hire were appointed to find such individuals and kill them. Speaking of Slayers, in 1907 Jack Fiddler, an OG Creek chief and medicine man, and his brother Joseph claimed to be Wendigo Slayers and had slaughtered 14 people 
who they had believed were possessed or transforming. They were both arrested by the Canadian police. Jack committed suicide before he could be tried, however, and his brother received life in prison as an accomplice. He too died, just three days in, not long before he would have been pardoned. If unfortunately the transformation were to be completed, the chances of killing the monster were almost zero to none, so it's no wonder these so-called hunters were so quick to act upon the slightest symptom. The legends say the Wendigo had a heart of ice, so the only way to kill them was to light them completely on fire, or use a silver dagger to shatter their heart. Then there was the post-death ritual, which would ensure the Wendigo would not pursue you again. One would need to cut off the creature's limbs with a silver axe, salt it, and continue to burn it until it became ash, which the wind must scatter. If all of that was accomplished, the only thing left to do was lock away the shattered heart in a silver box and bury it in a graveyard connected to a church. Legend aside, another term, which is used mainly in modern psychology to describe the Wendigo's possession, is known as Wendigo Psychosis. The account of this psychosis, which involved the Plains Cree trapper by the name of Swift Runner, is probably the most investigated report of this, which occurred during the harsh winter of 1878. Him, his wife and six kids were starving, and eventually his eldest son perished because of it. Shortly after this, despite the fact that he was only 25 miles away from emergency food supplies at Bay Company Post, Swift Runner proceeded to butcher and eat his wife and five other children. When Swift later confessed to authorities, he was sentenced to hang at Fort Saskatchewan. It's difficult to imagine how someone could do something so gruesome and it's only natural why people would turn to the Wendigo spirit for their answer. The human mind can do insane things when stretched to its limits, just as easily as it can believe insane things. But perhaps there truly is such a monster, wandering out in the cold darkness, waiting patiently for its next victim. The truth is yours to decide. Thank you once again for listening. This podcast, as usual, was written, produced, and researched by me. The cover art for this show was hand-drawn by Forest Hill. Support is greatly appreciated, so please subscribe, follow, and share this if you enjoyed it. That being said, I will hopefully catch you all once again in the next one.